0: to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the laws of redemption, as we pick up in Leviticus, chapter 25, verse 25. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck.
1: The elders and the cherubim came forth with the golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy is the Lamb to take the scroll and loose the seals, for he was slain and has redeemed us by his blood out of all the nations and tribes, tongues and peoples, and has made us unto our God a kingdom of priests, and we shall reign with him on the earth. Oh, How I long for that day when I'm standing there at the throne of God singing that glorious song of the redeemed and the worthiness of Jesus Christ. So this this law was put in here for your benefit that you might understand just exactly why Jesus became a man, why it was necessary that he become a man in order that he might be a kinsman redeemer. And so there in chapter 25 you'll find it fascinating in that regards. You might want to look at it more carefully. Chapter 26 Again God establishes the fact that they are to worship him, they are not to have idols or graven images or standing images. Set up any image of stone in the land to bow down to it for I am the Lord your God. Ye shall keep my sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Now, God says, if you will walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them. Walk, keep, do. Some of the commandments of God involve our walk. Some of them command our actions. And some of them uh, are just sort of negatives, the things that we are to keep and to keep from. So God is now laying out, if you will do this, if you will obey, if you will walk, if you'll keep, this is what I'm going to do. God lays out the conditions of blessings. I want to bless you. These are the rules or laws that I have given, the laws of prosperity and all, and if you will keep them, this is what's going to happen to you. I will give you rain in due season. The land shall yield her increase. The trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall reach to the vintage. The vintage shall reach to the sowing time. And ye shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. So I'm going to just bless you and prosper you in the land. You're going to have plenty of food, plenty of crops. The seed will last clear over to the sowing time and you'll eat. Bread till you're full. Not only that, I will give peace in the land, and ye shall lie down, and none shall make you afraid. Not only that, I will rid the evil beast out of the land, neither shall the sword go through your land. So we'll give you peace in the land, lying down, not being afraid, the sword not passing through the land. And ye shall chase your enemies. I'll give you power. And they shall fall before you by the sword. And five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put 10,000 to flight. Remember the story of Gideon? 300 fellows routed the Midianites, 132,000 of them. And your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. For I will have respect unto you and make you fruitful and multiply you and establish my covenant with you. That verse refers to your children. You're going to have beautiful families, grandchildren. You'll be fruitful and multiply. And again, the promise of plenty. Ye shall eat the old store and bring forth the old because of the new. In other words, your crops will will last over and you'll... You'll still be eating from last year's crops when you've already harvested this year's. And I will set my tabernacle among you so God's presence is promised. My soul shall not abhor you. I will walk among you and will be your God and ye shall be my people. What a beautiful national privilege is offered now to these people the blessings of God abundantly, peace in the land, power for the people, the posterity being blessed, and beyond all this, God's presence dwelling there in the midst of the people, God walking with them and dwelling with them. What more could any people desire or want? And the only condition is that now that you have my statutes, walk in them. Now that you have my commandments, just keep them. And you'll have all of this. Now these things that God is promising, the prosperity, the peace, the power, these are the things for which men are seeking today. But Jesus pointed out the folly of seeking these things. He said, after all of these things do the heathen seek, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. That's what God is saying here. If you will just follow me, if you'll just obey me, if you'll just look to me, then I'll do this for you. But you see, we've got things so reversed in our minds and in our concepts that we are so busy seeking these things we don't have time to seek God. Well, Lord, I'd really like to seek you, but my, I don't know how I'm going to pay you know, for this new television unless I take this Sunday job. And, you know, all of these things that I'm seeking after that take me away from time with God. Whereas if I would just give God the first of my heart, the first fruits of my life, and just worship Him and follow Him and obey Him, He would do all these things for me. You say, well, how? I don't know. Any more than I don't know how gravitation works. I know it works. I don't know how. I know that electricity works. I don't know how. Oh, but I don't want to put my trust in anything I don't understand. Do you understand the internal combustion engine? Oh, well, that's different. It always is, isn't it? Now, God said, I am the Lord your God, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt, that, why did I bring you out? I brought you out of the land of Egypt, why? That ye should not be their bondmen, and I have broken the bands of your yoke, and I've made you stand up straight. Now, boy, under the bondage, I mean, these guys were bent over with loads that you can't believe. And, you know, after years of carrying these heavy loads, you get to where you just walk, humped over, because that's just, they would carry hundreds of pounds upon their backs. And you just get to where you just walk, stooped over. But God said, look, I set you free from that so you can stand up straight because I'm your Lord. And I have brought you out that. You would no longer be their bondmen. No longer be their servants. I want you now to be my servants as that as servants of God you can stand up straight. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light there are people who would try to make you think that the burden of the Lord is a heavy, onerous thing to bear. And during the days of Jeremiah, these prophets, or so-called prophets, would go around saying, Oh, the burden of the Lord, the burden of the Lord. Like it was some heavy thing. And so God said to Jeremiah, He said, Jeremiah, there's a phrase I've heard so often, I'm so sick of it, I never want to hear it again. And Jeremiah, if you use this phrase, I'm going to refuse to talk to you from now on. It's that rotten phrase, the burden of the Lord. I said, I'm sick of it. Don't use it. Just delete that from your vocabulary. These guys all going around saying, the burden of the Lord, the burden of the Lord. Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Oh, brother, pray that I'll just be able to... Hold on, you know, under this heavy load that God's laid on me. Who laid it on you? Hey, if your load is so heavy you can't carry it, I have to assume that you've taken on to yourself something that God never put on you, brother. If you find it so hard that you can hardly make it, then that, that isn't the Lord's yoke. His yoke is easy. If it's so heavy, you're really struggling under it. That isn't his burden. His burden is light. But we often take upon ourselves things that God really wasn't putting on us. And why do we take them on? Oh, because I would like the glory of man. So when they're taking pledges, oh, I'll be glad to, brother. (laughs) Everybody see me? I'll be glad to, you know. And so before men, I make commitments. And that's sad. Because then it gets so heavy. I think, oh, serving the Lord is such a heavy burden. No, no. Serving my flesh is a heavy burden. But serving the Lord is glorious. His yoke is easy, his burden is light. Now, if you find yourself straining on the burden, then dump it. It's not his anyhow. And find the Lord's burden. Serving the Lord is an exciting, glorious, pleasurable thing. I delight to do thy will, O Lord. That's the way it should always be. Now, the Lord said in verse 14, But if ye will not hearken unto me and will not do all these commandments, And if ye shall despise my statutes or if your soul abhors my judgments so that you will not do all my commandments but break my covenant, then this is what I'm going to do for you. So the conditions, keep the commandments, I'm going to bless you, break the commandments, I'm going to break you. For I will appoint over you terror. Consumption, the burning ache that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart. You will sow your seed in vain. Your enemy shall eat it. Remember when Gideon was threshing the wheat, he was doing it in a cave to hide it from the Midianites because the Midianites would stand back and let these guys harvest their fields, bring it all in, thresh it, and then the Midianites would move in and, and take it away from them. It wasn't so dumb, I guess, as far as the Midianites were concerned, but it's awfully hard when you're doing the work. I will set my face against you, and ye shall be slain before your enemies. And they that hate you shall reign over you, and ye shall flee when none is pursuing. And if for all of this you will not hearken, if you're still stubborn, resistant, you won't listen, then I'll punish you seven times more for your sins. I'll break the pride of your power. Now, he promised them earlier he'd give them power. Now he's going to break the pride of their power. And I will make your heaven as iron, your earth as brass. He was going to cause the land to bring forth abundantly, but now he's going to make the earth as hard as brass. And your strength shall be spent in vain, for your land will not yield her increase, and neither shall the trees of the land yield their fruits. And if you continue to walk contrary to me after this, And you will not hearken to me, then I will bring seven times more plagues upon you according to your sins. And I will also send wild beasts among you which will rob you of your children and destroy your cattle and make you fruit in number. And if you're still not reformed by me in these things and ye still are walking contrary to me, then I will also walk contrary to you and will punish you at seven times for your sins. I'll bring the sword upon you and ye shall avenge the quarrel of my covenant. And when you are gathered together within your cities, I will send the pestilence among you and ye shall be delivered into the hands of your enemies. And when I have broken the staff of your bread, ten women shall bake your bread in one oven and they shall deliver you your bread again by weight and ye shall eat and not be satisfied. You're going to experience... Actually, constant hunger. And if for all of this you will still not hearken but walk contrary, then I will walk contrary to you also in fury, and I will chastise you seven times for your sins. Ye shall eat the flesh of your sons and daughters, the flesh, uh, and I will destroy your high places, cut down your images. Cast your carcasses upon the carcasses of your idols and my soul shall abhor you and I will make your cities waste and bring your sanctuaries to desolation and I'll not smell the sweet savor of your sweet odors. I'll not accept your sacrifices anymore. And I will bring the land into desolation by your enemies. And I will scatter you among the heathen and will draw out a sword after you and your land shall be desolate and your cities waste. Now, what is the story of the Bible in the Old Testament as we read the historic part? The story is just the fulfillment of what God said. As long as they sought the Lord, God prospered them and God blessed them and they were strong and they dwelt in peace and they had plenty. But when they forsook the Lord, then God forsook them. And all of these things that God said would happen, did happen to them, even their eating their own children during a time of the siege of Samaria by Ben-Hadad. All of these things took place until finally, as God said, they were dispersed into all the nations of the world. So that God literally fulfilled those things that he said he would do to them. He did. And their land lay desolate for centuries. The cities, desolate for centuries. Now it is interesting to go through the land of Israel also because you'll see interesting looking mountains, which aren't really mountains, or hills, which aren't really hills. And, the, and they are tells. And, and they are the ruins of the city and it's hundreds of tells all over the land. Sometime when I take one of these seven years off, <laughs> I'd like to get a shovel and just go digging in some of those tells. Because of all of the cities that have been just ruined and they're just lying there and they're covered now with dirt and, and just totally desolate just like God said. And then shall the land rest and enjoy her Sabbaths, and it surely has done that. And as long as it lies desolate, it will rest, because you did not rest in your Sabbaths when you dwelt upon it. And upon them that are left alive of you I will send a faintness into your hearts, and the land of your enemies, and the sound of a shaking leaf will chase them, and they shall flee as fleeing from the sword, And they shall fall when none is pursuing. It'll give them a fear in their hearts. Wherever they go, they'll be fearful people because of the persecutions that will arise. And they shall fall one upon another. And they will perish among the heathen. And the land of your enemies shall eat you up. And they that are left of you shall pine away and so forth. But then God declares, If they shall confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers with their trespass, they have trespassed against me, that also they may have, they have walked contrary to me, and that I also have walked contrary to them and have brought them into the land of their enemies. If then their uncircumcised hearts be humbled, and then they accept of the punishment of their iniquity, then will I remember my covenant with Jacob, and also my covenant with Isaac, and also my covenant with Abraham, and I will remember, and I will remember the land, and the land also shall be left to them, and shall enjoy our Sabbaths and lie desolate. But then... Yet for all of that, verse 44, when they be in the land of their enemies, I will not cast them away, neither will I abhor them nor destroy them utterly to break my covenant with them, for I am the Lord their God. In other words, I will preserve them as an ethnic group, which God has done. He kept his promise. He kept his word. No other nation, no other nation has had that same fate. Every other nation who has been without a homeland has disappeared as an ethnic group, not the Jew. He has remained a Jew to the present day. God kept His word. Now these are the statutes and the judgments and the laws which the Lord made between Him and the children of Israel in Mount Sinai by the hand of Moses. And so God gave them the laws and then He gave them the conditions. If you keep them, I'm going to bless you, break them, and... These are the things that are going to happen. So the things that have happened are just things that God said would happen, and uh, you can't really blame God because they did happen because God said they would. And if you'd only listened to God, you would have known it. Now the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say unto them, When a man makes a singular vow, the person shall be for the Lord by thy estimation. Now, if you you make a vow unto God and say, God, I'm going to give you my life, Wonderful Now I want to take my life back Lord I've decided not to give you my life Well hey He won't play Indian give you with you You want to take yourself back now You don't want to give your life to God Okay Drop 50 shekels of silver into the pot You know You had to buy yourself back from the Lord You've made a vow. You've made a commitment. God, I'm giving my life to you. Now I'm going to take my life back, okay? You can buy your life back from God for 50 shekels, or 60, what is it? 50, 60 shekels of silver. Uh, 50 shekels of silver. That's if you're a man. If you're a girl, you get better off. You're only valued at 30 shekels of silver. (laughs) Now, the main idea is be careful what you promise God. You know, the Bible says when when you... when you come into the presence of God, don't be swift to speak. You know, read away your words. The psalmist prayed, Lord, don't let me sin with my lips. And I think of how many times we actually sin with our lips when we're making promises and vows to God. Now, the Bible says it's better not to make a vow at all. God doesn't require you to make vows. So it's better that you don't make any vow at all than to make a vow to God and break it.
0: We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Leviticus on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Leviticus 25 through 27 when visiting the thewordfortoday.org. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck.
1: May the Lord be with you and bless you this week. May He watch over your lives and keep you in His love. May you abound in the love of Jesus Christ as God works in you His perfect work of love and grace. May God grant that you have just a special week of enjoying the goodness and the fullness of God and His love. In Jesus' name.
0: This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California.
1: I feel we are so close to the end. I have never seen so many signs that point to the end. Our country is in the worst mess it's ever been in. I said to Chuck, what can we do? Our life is given to the ministry, to the salvation of souls, and the walk of Christians, and yet we can't seem to make a dent. Chuck, do you think it's because the Lord is coming soon, and maybe there's going to be one last revival? Hey ladies, I would like to highly encourage you to pick up a copy of Kay Smith's new book, Colossians, the most recent addition to her Bible study series. Like the believers in Paul's day, today we live in the midst of cultural craziness, and we too are vulnerable to the quick fix solutions of world philosophers and religious legalists. Let Kay guide you through the book of Colossians to understand how the Lord wants you to live in these last days, to love your family, and to revive our nation. To order a copy for yourselves or a friend, please call The Word for Today at 1-800-272-9673. Or to
0: see a sneak preview, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.